good morning, church family. I pray that you are safe. I pray that you are warm this morning. And I want to say welcome to church at home. For everybody else that's not in New England, we are experiencing a little bit of a winter weather system. And so we're all gathering together from home. But I want to just say welcome to church, wherever you're watching from. Hey, and if you've never been to uh, the church in person, I want to invite you next Sunday, 9 and 11 a.m. We'll be back in person on the 14th. I can't wait to see you there. Hey, we're in an exciting, exciting season as a church. In fact, we're launching a brand new church. If you haven't heard, in just a few weeks, about 12 weeks from now, Easter Sunday, our plan is to launch all people. And so I'm excited about all that God is going to do between now and Easter Sunday, preparing our hearts for the launch, preparing our facility for all those that God is going to send us. And so I'm asking you, pray for us. Pray for our team. Pray for our staff. Pray for our contractors as we renovate the facility. I have great expectation for what God's going to do not only this year, but in the years to come. As we talk about launching a brand new church, you know, our goal is super focused. And one of the things you're going to hear me say a lot is talking about inspiration, and our plan is that our weekend worship experiences and everything we do as a church body would inspire somebody to want to meet Jesus. And once they've met Jesus, there's two things that I know will happen. Their dreams will become bigger because they'll become God's dreams and they'll be infused with power to live a bolder life. We say it this way, dream big live bold. Say that out loud right there in your living room, wherever you are. Say, this is my year to dream big and to live bold. And I want to talk about that this week. I want to talk about bold living. But before I go there, if you weren't available online last week, you can always go back on our website, our YouTube page, or social media and find the ways to watch all of our archive services. But last weekend, I started off uh, this year starting to talk about what does it mean to dream big? And more specifically, what does it mean to dream God's dream? I said this last week, and I think it's worth repeating. So many people are chasing their dreams. They've made their plans. They've got their desires. They've got their, their dream at the focus of their mind and their actions. And I believe that they're asking God to bless their dreams, and this year, it's the time of the reversal. It's a year of the reversal that we lay down our dreams, that we lay down our plans, our agenda, our ego, our drive, and we pick up God's dream. So many people are frustrated. Their dreams aren't coming true. Their dreams aren't happening. The doors aren't opening. The wisdom and direction of people around them is not helping them. It's because they need to let go of their dreams and pick up God's dreams. And so I want to challenge you, stop chasing your dreams this year and begin to chase God's dream. The truth is, is God's dream, it's bigger than your dream. God's dream is actually bigger than you. It's bigger than your mentality. It's bigger than your creativity. It's beyond your human capacity. And so that's the reason that we let go of our stuff. Our stuff's little. We're little-minded. We think on a different plane. God's ways are so much higher. And I said this last week, and again, I just want to repeat a few things for you if you weren't with us, and if you were, just as a reminder, in 2024, trade in your man-sized dream for a God-sized dream. We find this in Isaiah chapter 55. I like this out of the NIV version. God says, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, 
neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. And he goes on to say, as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts, trading your dreams for his dreams in 2024. And the part of this that connects dreams to reality is how we live those dreams out. Not only should we live a big dream and believe that God has big dreams for us, but once those dreams have been identified, it's our choice, it's our opportunity to live them out boldly. I believe once we understand God's plan and his dream for our lives, then we as believers should have an automatic response to live that dream out, but to live it out through boldness. Everybody say boldness. Boldness is not shyness. It's not timidity. Boldness is showing the ability, listen to this, to take risks. I don't know about you and how long you've been following the Lord and how long you've been trusting him with his dream for your life. But one thing I've learned over the years and over the decades of following him is that boldness is trusting him and me taking action to take great risks. Boldness also means confidence. It means courage or the act of courageous ability. It really means to be fearless. Everybody say fearless. I love this scripture in Daniel. Daniel 11.32, we'll, we'll start right here and use this as the foundation for what does it mean to, to live a bold life. It says that people that know their God shall be strong and do exploits. Daniel 11.32, those people, the people that know their God shall be strong and they shall do exploits. That word exploit is, is not a word that we use currently in our vernacular, but it means a bold or daring feat. So you could say it this way, the people that know their God, they shall be strong, they shall, they shall come with strength, and they will be bold, daring in their action. I like to say it this way, you and I were created to bring glory to God, and we do that by perceiving boldly in overcoming the challenges that life throws our direction. I miss said that right there. You and I were created to bring glory to God, and we do that by persevering boldly in overcoming the challenges that life throws our direction. For you and I, the last few years, for the, the last many years that you've been following Christ, the enemies tried to stop you from doing that tried to stop you from moving forward, trying to single, single you out, position you in a, in a plan of attack for him. But this is your year. This is your year to step out and persevere through whatever adversity has been coming against you and whatever adversity may show up in the years to come. And I want to challenge you. Boldness is a decision. You know, some people say, well, Pastor Josh, it's easy for you to live a bold life because that's your, that's your makeup, that's your characteristics, that's your, you know, that's the way you're wired. And the truth is, is not naturally, but supernaturally I'm wired that way. Naturally, I'm not wild and crazy like you see me all the time, maybe a little bit crazy, but I'm not normally all active like I am and as bold as I am in my everyday conversations. But when I step into God's plan for my life and I accepted his dream, there's a boldness that comes through the power of the Holy Spirit to accomplish that dream. So it's one thing to accept the dream and dream big. 
It's now our responsibility as well to live that dream out through bold actions. And so today I wanna kinda go back in my life and share a few stories from the scriptures that have inspired me since I was a little boy. This, This coming month I'll be 48 years old and these three stories have stuck with me as far as I can remember. And today I want to share them with you. I really believe they've been a a testimony and a guide to me throughout my life up to this point that there was people before me that lived bold lives and through their stories and through their testimonies, it's given me courage to want to press in, to dream bigger, but to live bolder. I want to give you a couple of characteristics of what a bold person lives like and looks like and talks like and, and how they act And I want to do that from the scriptures. Here's what some characteristics or a few attributes from the Bible of how bold people live. Bold people, they go after their dreams regardless of public opinion. It's the difference between participating and spectating. Some people just spectate. They got an opinion about everything. They're on the sidelines of life, calling plays for people they don't even have relationship with. But the truth is, is me and you are not called to stand on the sidelines and just spectate and judge and and accuse. Man, we're called to participate. I want to be in on God's dream for my life. Boldness is taking action when others merely talk about it. Let me say that again. Bold people take action. They take initiative. They press on and through adversity and challenges at life when others sit back and wait for somebody else to make something happen for themselves, for, for them. Mark chapter five is a, is a great story of a woman who was dealing with great challenges and through public opinion, she was told to shut up, stay inside, stay to yourself, be quiet, go away. And through boldness, through hearing what Jesus was doing for others, she stepped out and she obtained a miracle. In Mark chapter five, verse 21, it says, after Jesus returned from across the lake, a huge crowd of people gathered around him on the shoreline. And a man saw that it was Jesus and he pushed his way through the crowd. He threw himself down at the feet of Jesus. His name was Jairus. He was a Jewish official who was in charge of the synagogue. He pleaded with Jesus, saying over and over, please come with me. My little daughter is at the point of death, and she's only 12 years old. Come, please come lay your hands on her and heal her that she may live. Verse 24 says, Jesus went with him. A huge crowd followed, pressing in on him from all sides. Now in that crowd that day was a woman who had suffered horribly from continual bleeding for 12 years. She had endured, the Bible says, a great deal under the care of various doctors. Yet in spite of spending all that she had on her treatments, she was not getting better, yet she was growing worse. When she heard about Jesus... She heard about the healing power. She pushed through the crowd and came up from behind him and touched him. For she kept saying to herself, if I could only touch his clothes, I know that I'll be healed. As soon as her hand touched him, her bleeding stopped immediately. She knew it for she could feel in her body instantly that she had been healed of that disease. 
She knew at once that someone, Jesus knew at once that someone had touched him. For he felt the power that surged through and around him had passed through him for somebody to be healed. He turned around and he began to speak to the crowd saying, who touched my clothes? The disciples answered, well, what do you mean? I mean, who touched you? Look at this crowd. They're all pressing against you. But Jesus' eyes swept across the crowd and he was looking for the one who had touched him for healing. Verse 33 says, when the woman who had experienced this miracle realized what happened to her, she came before him trembling with fear and she threw herself down at his feet saying, it was me, I'm the one. I'm the one that touched you. And she told him her story of what had just happened. And then Jesus said to her, daughter, because you dared to believe, your faith has healed you. Go with peace in your heart and be free from your suffering. This story sticks out to me when I think about boldness. When I hear the word boldness, it's the first story that comes to my mind as a believer because it's had that much impact on me. She had a hemorrhaging issue for 12 years. And in this, this season, this time of her life, she was an outcast. People thought that whatever she had might get on them. And public opinion was, stay inside or we're going to kill you. She had over a decade been by herself, but when she heard of Jesus, faith arose in her. The Bible says in Romans 10, 17, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. She was so sick and tired of being sick and tired that she said within herself, if I could just touch the hem of his garment, if I could just touch him, if I could just get my hands on his robe, I'll have my miracle. And I like to believe it this way. She talked herself into a miracle. She said it over and over and over and over. If I could just get to him, if I could just touch him, if I could just get there, if I could just touch Jesus. I believe she talked herself out of her apartment, down the stairs, into the crowd, right up to the edge of Jesus. And then she took a risk of faith through her boldness. She took a risk of faith and she touched him. She grabbed a stranger. The Bible says that instantaneous in that moment, her boldness, her action, not her dream, but her boldness to activate the dream. If I could just get to Jesus, that was her big dream. That was her revelation. She had heard about other people's dreams being fulfilled, other people being healed. In fact, Jesus is on his way to heal Jairus' daughter, and she said, I want to get in on that right now. I'm not going to miss it. If he can heal Jairus' 12-year-old daughter, what about me? I love this story because it talks about a woman who, despite public opinion, said, I'm going to get what belongs to me. And I speak to you right now as a church body. There's many of you that people have been holding you back, saying that dream's crazy. That miracle's never going to happen. Those things that you keep talking about, stop talking about them. And if you're going to talk about them, get away from us. Let this story be a, a, a surge of encouragement a fuel for you this year. Go get what belongs to you. If you can find it in his word, it belongs to you. And forget about what everybody else is saying around you. If you need a miracle this year, let faith be your guide, not someone else's opinion. See, I find the story interesting because most people were there just to see Jesus. 
Again, they were spectators. She came to experience Jesus. She didn't want to just spectate. She wanted to participate. My prayer for people that come to all people in the next few months and the next few years is that they would see a bunch of bold, radical people pushing through society's opinions, pushing through what the enemy's thrown at them and saying, I'm going to experience Jesus for myself because I know my dreams will be fulfilled if I take bold action. The truth is, is bold living is the fuel that pushes us beyond what everybody else is doing and grabs a hold of the miraculous. This year, make it a point. Don't just dream big, live bold. Ask God for the dream. Ask God for the miracle. Ask God for the thing that you desire. He's going to give it to you. He's going to plant it in you. And then he's going to show you in his word how to obtain it. And my prayer as your pastor and as your friend that you would live a bold life like this woman and go get belongs. Go get what belongs to you. The second attribute that I love about bold people and their lifestyle is bold people have a whatever it takes attitude. Not only do they press through public opinion, but they have a whatever it takes attitude. People that live bold lives, they're resourceful, they're determined, and they will stop at nothing to accomplish the dream that God has given them for their life, for their family, for their business, and for those around them. Bold people say, hey, whatever it takes, I'm in. Whatever it takes, they're willing to push beyond the norm. In Luke chapter five, another one of my favorite stories of all time out of the Bible where someone encountered Jesus with a touch of faith. Luke chapter five, verse seven says, one day Jesus was teaching and Pharisees and teachers of the law were sitting there and they had come from every village of Galilee and Judea and Jerusalem. They they came from all over. Listen to this, it says, and the power of the Lord was with Jesus to heal the sick. It's important that you highlight that in your phone or your iPad or in your notebook, in your Bible. And the power of the Lord was with Jesus to heal the sick. It says, some men then came carrying a paralyzed man on a mat. And they tried to take him in the house and lay him before Jesus. And when they couldn't find a way to do this because of the crowd, they went up on the roof and they lowered him down on his mat through the tiles right there in the middle of the crowd, right in front of Jesus. Verse 20 says, when Jesus saw their faith, he said, friend, your sins are forgiven. And the Pharisees and the teachers of the law, they began thinking to themselves, who is this fellow who speaks such blasphemy? Who can forgive a man's sins but God alone? Jesus knew what they were thinking and he went ahead and asked them, Why are you thinking all these things in your hearts? What's easier, to say your sins are forgiven or go, get up and walk? But what what I want you to know is that the Son of Man who has authority on earth to forgive sins, so he said to the paralyzed man in front of everybody, I tell you, get up, take your mat, and go home. Verse 25, it says, immediately he stood up in front of them. And he took what he had been laying on, and he went home praising God. Everyone was amazed and gave praise to God. They were filled with awe and said out of their mouths, we have seen remarkable things today. 
people that live bold lives, you and I, we have a dream from God, we set aside public opinion, but we, like this man and his friends, we have a whatever-it-takes attitude. Bold living says, I don't care if the room's full, I'm going to find my way in. And for some of us in this season, as we're expanding and growing, the church is going to feel tight. Right now, we're in multiple venues throughout the building, and we're at capacity, and I love it. And some people will say, I'm just going to go once the auditorium's fixed. I'm going to go once they have more seating. I don't want to stand in the back. I don't want to have to come early. I don't want to stand up against the wall. And I want to tell you, that is the opposite of bold living. Bold living says, because I know Jesus is going to be in that building. I know when the worship music starts. I, I know when my kids check into the classroom that the presence of the Lord can change my situation. I'm going to do whatever it takes in this season to get what we need from God. That is the voice of a bold person. Bold living not only says we think out, not only says we'll do whatever it takes, bold living actually thinks outside the box. Bold living rips the roof off of situations, and bold living doesn't take no for an answer. I think we've gotten lazy as Society has grown and everything is about comfort and about our timing. But when you need a miracle, guess what? You'll do whatever it takes. You'll go everywhere, wherever you need to go. You'll wait in that line. And you'll come to a place in your life where it doesn't matter if the room's full. You're going to find yourself in that room creatively because boldness resides in you. You have a whatever it takes mentality. And your truth is, is your boldness is not only the, the avenue of how you receive from God, it's also a testimony to everybody else around you. Jesus in one moment, when those tiles begin to rip off, he said it publicly, hey, this guy's got some bold faith. It said, Jesus said, I, he said, I saw their faith. Every time you and I take a step of action towards what we've seen in our hearts and what we've found in God's word, it speaks to those around us. And most people would say, you don't need to tear the roof off. He's gonna have another meeting tomorrow night. You can just come back then. Hey, he's gonna be here next week. He'll be back in town. Just come back then. But man, there's something in the heart of a believer who has got a hold of the power of the Holy Spirit and they live a bold life they take Jesus at his word at whatever cost for them. When Jesus saw their faith, he immediately responded. I believe he was excited, saying, man, these Sadducees, these Pharisees, these religious leaders, man, they're here to, to try to shut me down and call me out. Finally, look at this dude right here, boldness. And this is the heart of God for us. I've heard it said this way, and I love this. I'll give it to you. You can use it. Where there's no risk, there is no story, and where there is no faith, there is no glory. You have to take a risk if you're ever going to testify of what God's done in your life, because he's waiting for you to take a step towards him. With no faith, there's no glory. And the truth is, is our lives are to be glorifying God everywhere we go. Everything we do should testify of his goodness. The, third character, the second characteristics of bold living is we don't take no for an answer. We do whatever it takes. The third aspect or the third quality or characteristics that I see in the life of someone that's chosen to dream big and live bold is bold people, they run towards adversity 
instead of running away from it. Bold people, they're not running from things. They're running to things. When things seem to be going haywire, they don't run away in fear or cower in intimidation. They arise and they run to the situation. We find it again in another very famous passage that many of you have heard, but it bears repeating today because it speaks of the life of a bold teenager. And I know in this season, we've invited the teenagers to come join us and be a part of what God's doing at all people in our main auditorium. And I'm praying for all the teenagers that are watching today because I believe that your faith in this season is gonna spark the belief of some older people to continue to press on. And so I wanna say this to the young people. Dream big this year and live bold. Just like Paul told Timothy, don't let anybody judge you for your age, your life. Your risks are going to glorify God and share the testimony of what happens in the life of someone who will trust God and run right to the situation. We find David in 1 Samuel 17, a young shepherd boy who was asked by his father to go take some food to his brothers who were on the front lines of the battle for the army of Israel. And when he gets there, he sees and hears a giant calling out to the armies of Israel and mocking them making fun of them, ridiculing them. And it did something to David. It sparked something in him. Boldness arose and it angered him to where he was looking around and saying, man, we serve the God of the angel armies to his brothers and to all those in the army around him. Who is this guy and why are you letting them taunt us? And it says in that moment, he took his staff in his hand and he chose five smooth stones from the stream. And he put him in his pouch of his shepherd's bag. And with his sling in hand, he approached the Philistine. I love that. He wasn't waiting for this guy to pick a fight with him. He was going on down and saying, you can't talk like that, man. You better shut your mouth. You don't know who you're up against. Meanwhile, the Philistine with his shield bearer in front of him kept coming closer to David. He looked David over and he saw that he was a little more than a boy, glowing with health, handsome, And he despised him. He despised him. He said to David, am I a dog that you come at me with sticks? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. He said, come here, come here, and I'm going to give your flesh to the birds and the wild animals. And David responded. Listen to this. He responded and said to the Philistine, you come against me with a sword and a spear and a javelin. And I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the angel armies of Israel, with whom you have defied. So this day the Lord will deliver you into my hands, and I'm going to strike you down and cut off your head. This very day I will feed your carcass. Uh, I will give the carcass of the Philistine army to the birds and the wild animals, and the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. All those who gathered here today will know that this is not by sword or spear that the Lord saves, but the battle is the Lord's, and he will give you into our hands. Verse 48 says, as the Philistine moved closer to attack him, David ran quickly toward the battle line to meet him. Reaching into his bag, he took out a stone and he slung it into 
the Philistine's forehead. The stone sank into his forehead and he fell face down on the ground. The story goes on to say he went over and took the sword out of his hands and chopped his head off and took it to the king and said, look at what can happen when someone trusts God. I don't know what battle you're up against. I don't know what giant is speaking to you. I don't know what obstacles in your way, but I'm gonna tell you this. You serve a mighty God and your boldness in him will cause you to triumph in every situation this year. Don't back off even when the church as a whole seems to be backing down. As a believer, we are called to step up and to speak to those challenges that arise that are sent by the enemy. We were never called to cower and hide in fear. You and I were created with destiny to dominate in this life and in the next life. See, people who live bold lives, who have accepted God's dream, who understand who they are and who they're not, they don't retreat because bold faith causes you to pursue the challenge head on. Again, I want to just challenge you young people. Forget what everybody else in your high school is doing, whatever else they're saying, wherever else they're going, whatever else they're doing with their life. Stand up, have a spine, get a backbone and say, no, 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 for me, I, I know what God's called me to do. I know who I am and run towards that adversity and watch it be a demonstration of God's power for everybody around you to say something different about this kid, something different about this young lady. And guess what? It'll be a glory story for God. Here's what I know about humanity. Most people run from adversity. But you and I, dream catchers of God's plan for our life, we're not called to run from adversity. We are not created to retreat. We were destined to dominate. Let me give you this quote by my friend Mark Hankins. He says, never run at your challenge with your mouth closed. I love that. David was running at this giant speaking to him the victory that was coming in just a moment. For some of us, boldness is just releasing what we can see in our heart. Boldness is just releasing what we can find in God's word, at the same time advancing the kingdom. I wanna tell you this, run towards the challenge with God's word in your mouth, declaring the victory that you've already received by faith and watch God show up right there in the battle and strike down anything that would try to hold you back. This will be the greatest year you've ever lived. Dreaming big and living bold is the life that you and I were called to live. And as we launch this brand new church, that's going to be the backbone, the catchphrase, the tagline, our motto, our mantra, whatever you want to call it. This is where we're going as a church. Big dreaming, bold living. Big dreaming God's dreams, bold living God's plans. It's about a group of people individuals, families, unifying together right here in North Reading in Wilmington, coming together each week for not only worship, but small groups and leadership training because we've all determined we're gonna dream big in 2024 and we're gonna live this thing out boldly for those that don't know Christ to see the God of the miraculous doing something radical right here and it's gonna echo out of this chamber, out of this area, into greater New England and continue to go around the world because a group of people chose. We're no longer gonna sit back. We're no longer gonna step back. We're no longer gonna live in fear. We're going forward boldly with the authority that we've been giving. 
I'll end this with the story or the scripture that we started with. In Daniel chapter eleven thirty two. it says, the people that know their God shall be strong and do great exploits. As we close here this morning, I want to ask you a couple questions. These are for you, not for your whole family. Maybe they are, but as an individual, listen to these questions. And this week, I want to ask you, take some time with the Lord to get some answers. Number one, what area of my life do I need to be more bold? Is it in my worship? I'm praying this year that our worship goes to another level when we're together because people are chosen that we're going to live it out boldly every time we're together. I'm praying that more men would raise their hands in this auditorium when the music strikes up. I'm praying that more people will step out and give voice to their praise. For some of us, praise and worship, we're timid, we're shy. Let me ask you, What's the voice of victory sound like in your mouth this year during worship? Maybe an area for you to grow in your, in your boldness is in your testimony. When was the last time you shared what God's done in your life and about who you used to be before you met him? Boldness in our lives will look like radical giving. In this last season, we saw our church gather together, and we have been so radical in our generosity. I want to just say thank you for being bold in your giving. Just in the last few weeks, over $275,000 has come in for the launch of all people. That's because there's a group that said, hey, I'm going to be bolder than I was last year. I'm going to be bold to give above and beyond my tithes to make sure that the gospel message continues to spread right here. Let me ask you this question. What situations are you facing that you need to approach with the hand of faith like the woman in Mark chapter five? What ailments, what setbacks, and what have you settled for in your life that you need to step outside of public opinion this year and reach out with the hand of faith and see God show up in the miraculous? I declare this over your life. Refuse to conform to public opinion. God's called you to be bold in 2024. Let me ask you just a couple more. What situations seem limiting? I want to challenge you. Have a whatever attitude in life this year. Don't be denied the dream that's been placed in your heart just because it doesn't seem like there's room at the table for you. Push somebody aside and get what belongs to you. And I declare this. This will be a year of dreams revealed. And this will be a year of bold moves. Don't get left behind. Jump in with us. Take your place right here as we build this brand new church. There's a place for you here. There's a calling on you. God's hand is on you. And we need you to do all that God's called us to do right here as we build a church for all people. Let me pray for you. Father God, I thank you for these amazing people. I thank you that your hand is on them. Dreaming in them through the word. Lord, as they read your word, let dreams come alive. As they study your word, let dreams be invoked. Lord, I pray that dreams are revealed to young people right now, even as I'm speaking, that you're sparking things that they've thought about, but all of a sudden it's like, that wasn't me, that was God's dream. Lord, I ask you by the power of the Holy Spirit, give us wisdom and direction and boldness to step out and do and declare everything you've called us to do in this year in Jesus' name, amen. Hey, before I end this broadcast, I want to just ask you to join us for the next 21 days. Starting today, we're, we're going on a 21-day fast. Everybody say fast. 
And what fasting simply means, it's a spiritual discipline found all through the Bible. And this is what it means. It means to deny our flesh and feed our spirits. It literally means to take time away from eating and feeding our natural man so that we can feed our spirit man. We've done this many years at the church and maybe you're new to faith or maybe you're new to to this house. I wanna invite you to join us on this journey. Take some time to fast the next 21 days with us. For some of you, it it may just be a meal a day. You're just gonna skip breakfast and you're gonna take that time and you're gonna pray and you're gonna read and you're gonna meditate on God's word. For some of us, it's gonna be cutting out all kinds of extracurricular activities that distract our soul. Like for me, I'm gonna cut down on social media and television and Netflix and all those things that I enjoy and I'm gonna reallocate that time to prayer to study, to meditation, to rest, to peace, to getting quiet and asking God about the dreams that I've put off so that this year I can live out bold. I don't know what you need to do in your fast, and I don't know what that fast means to you, but I'm asking you as your pastor for the next 21 days, let's set a new focus. Let's reset our appetites for the things of the Spirit, and let's ask God to speak to us, to reveal to us His dream for our life, and to give us the boldness and the fuel to walk it out right now, this moment, this year, as we build a church for all people. God bless you. I love you. I'll see you next Sunday right here. God bless you. Hey, I wanna thank you for taking time today to gather your family and to hear God's word. I'm, I'm sorry we weren't able to gather in person. It's a little awkward for me preaching in this empty room. So I just wanna tell you, I miss you and I love you. But I wanna take a moment and just thank you for your generosity. Many of you called and sent gifts to Steph and I and our family, gifts and treats and cookies. I mean, we had so much stuff in our house. So from our house to your house, from our family to yours, I wanna say thank you for blessing the Roberts tribe in the season. I also wanna say thank you for being a blessing to this house as we build a church for all people. We've seen our giving increased significantly just in the last few weeks as we've made this announcement. And I wanna say thank you for being a part of helping us build a church for all people. My prayer for you as you give today, you honor God, number one, with your tithe. My prayer is that you would respond to God's command and his directive because that's where it came from. Malachi talks about it's God's plan that you return 10% to the storehouse where you get fed, where you find community. Your local church is what he calls it. So I'm, I'm praying for you that this would be a year of continued steadfast tithing so that the windows of heaven could be poured out on you and a blessing that you can't even imagine. Number two, I'm praying that he brings seed to the sower. We talked about that last year. And maybe you're here and you say, hey, I'm honoring God with my tithe, but I want seed to sow. Ask him for it. Ask God for seed to sow. And the thing is, he brings it every time. Our responsibility is then to sow it, not keep it. And so I want to say this over your life. And and again, I, I want to say this as we plant this new church. Generosity should be our norm. We're generous people. It's normal for us as believers to give out of what we have, not out of just our overflow. A lot of people say, well, if I had more, I'd give more. And I want to just say, that's the world system. That's called stinginess. Proverbs said that world gets smaller and smaller. But the world of the generous, it gets larger and larger. And so even when we give out of uh, uh, what we have, not necessarily our surplus, but just out of our stuff, we sow that. 
find ourselves in a place where our world's getting bigger and bigger. So I want to challenge you right here at the beginning of the year, make generosity your norm by giving above and beyond your tithes and watch something miraculous happen for you. Again, thank you. There's many ways you can give. We'll put them on the screen. Thank you for your generosity. We love you. I'm praying over your seed today. In fact, I want to do it with you right now. Lord, bless these amazing people who are honoring you, returning your tithe. And Lord, those sowing today over and above their tithe, do what you said you'd do. We put you to the test. Pour out a blessing that they ain't got room enough to receive. Lord, let their world expand through their generosity. Lord, let us be known as a church where generosity is our norm. We'll give you all the glory and praise. Amen. God bless you. Thanks for giving today.